God for being here with us, present and touching our souls, touching our lives. And, and we're just so thankful that we're able to do this. We only have a few sermons left in this work series that we have started. Um, we started back in October, September. And we've just been looking at the Bible. What, what does it have to say concerning work? And the reason that we focus on work is that whether we like it or not, work is a big part of what we do. It takes up, if you work full-time, 40 hours. And some people work overtime. So it does take up a big portion of what we do. Um, so hopefully you've been enjoying this series. Hopefully you've been starting to see work, think of work in a healthy light. Um, we, we only have a few more sermons left in this series. We have this one, next one, and the following one. And then after Thanksgiving, Oscar will be preaching, so that is exciting. Uh, he's going to do a wonderful job, and we're excited to see how God uses him. But again, I, I hope that throughout this series, you've just been seeing work in a new light, and a healthy light. And today, we are going to the New Testament, and we're finally going to look at Jesus and work. But before we go any further, let's all pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for letting us be together with family, Lord. It is a blessing to be able to do that, to come here and just sing together and open up your Bible, Lord. And I pray that we're, we're just reminded that that's what it's all about. It's about fellowship. It's about learning, growing in the apostles' teachings. It's about learning about you and loving you and singing together and encouraging one another. And just through this meeting, hopefully something changes within us so we're able to face the next week and grow in you in the next week, Lord. Help us as we move forward, and I pray that you may remind us of what it's all about. Let us focus on Jesus and how he worked. In Jesus' name. From our Bibles, we only really know what Jesus did towards the end of his life. We only know maybe three years of his life, and we know about his birth. But the Bible stays quiet for most of Jesus' life. It stays quiet for about three decades or so. What did Jesus do during that time? What did he do from his teenage years to his late 20s? What did Jesus do? If you have your Bibles, and it's also up here on the whiteboard, but if you want to go with me, it's always a good experience to open up your Bible and go with me to Mark 6, 3, and right there you will find an interesting story. Mark 6, so Jesus is back in Nazareth, and he has started his ministry already. And uh, some people don't like this, don't understand what's going on. But Mark three, Mark 6, 3 says, Isn't this, this is what the crowds are saying, Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James? And then there's <laughs> Hosea, or 
I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Judas and Simon. And aren't his sisters here with us? So they were offended by him. Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary? Isn't this the carpenter? The people, when Jesus came and he was already a minister, the people didn't accept his ministry because they remembered what he did between his teenage years and his adult life, early adult life. The people knew Jesus as a carpenter because he worked as a carpenter for most of his life. He, was, he followed, back in the day, you usually did what your father did, and Jesus' father was a carpenter. And of course, as a Jew and also as a human, he studied the Hebrew Scriptures, and he knew what he was called to do. So he studied the Hebrew Scriptures to prepare for his ministry. But for most of his life, Jesus just worked as a carpenter. The Greek word for carpenter is the word craftsman. If you watch the Chosen series, like in the second episode or so, you see Jesus working as a regular craftsman. And that's what he did for decades, just working with wood or stone. And I wonder, if Jesus came today, what would he do for most of his life. He would preach. He would be a preacher, some may say. He would be a writer. Maybe he would run for office. But when Jesus first came, he was a carpenter, an average worker. Yes, you know, you should work as hard as you can to find a job that changes the world that you feel that you're called to do, but sometimes it, the job that you're called to do for a period of your life might not be so glamorous as we see with Jesus. It might be that you're called to work 30 years or train for 30 years to be a carpenter. And while he was working, he was being the Son of God. As the Son of God, he was working with wood. You know, people think that if you are going to be Christian, everything you do needs to be overtly Christian. That's not true. Jesus was a godly carpenter by just doing a good job. He didn't need to put Bible verses on his wood, whatever, maybe he was making a Bible and he would put a Bible verse on it. He didn't need to do that in order for his work to be godly. You can be a godly godly worker and not necessarily make overt Christian stuff. For example, you can be a Christian musician and the music you produce doesn't necessarily have to be overtly Christian. You can be a teacher who is a Christian. And you don't have to necessarily teach at a Christian school. If you are a business person, you don't need to include Christian logos on your cards for you to work as a Christian. It's not bad if you do. Maybe you feel called to do those things, and that's great. But look at Jesus. 
He just worked with wood and stone for over 30 years. And that was part of doing God's will. I've heard that there's no such thing as Christian music because a melody can't be a Christian. Only a songwriter can. I've heard that there's no such thing as Christian art because a canvas can't be filled with the spirit of the living God. Only a painter can. Maybe there's no such thing as Christian plumbing since a business nor a showerhead nor a pipe can be a Christian. Only a plumber can follow Christ. And certainly the plumber should work as a follower of Christ. But don't feel like you have to do something overtly Christian for you to do work that matters. Again, Jesus worked as a craftsman. And he was spiritual while he was just working with wood, working with stone. Just by doing a good job, he was being spiritual. And you too, whether it is whether you're working with Wood, with people, with packages, with money, with pipes, with teeth, whatever it is that you're working with, you can be spiritual there where you work. So I, I recently, and I praise God for this, I, I became a professor and I've been developing a, cl- developing a class on a computer. And I also, as I preach, I use an iPad. I work on computers, on a computer. I wouldn't be able to be as effective as to be able to do what I do as I do it if there wasn't a person at Microsoft working to build computers. Don't go off comparing jobs, asking what job is more important, what job is more spiritual. It's all important. The person working at Microsoft is making my job easier. And I'm sure I'm contributing somehow somewhere else. Don't go off comparing jobs, asking what job is more important. It's all important. We need each other. We need people to work different jobs. We need carpenters. If Jesus came today, what would he be? What would he do? Maybe he would be an IT specialist or a software engineer. Maybe he would be an auto mechanic or an English teacher. Maybe he would work in the fields or in the yard. Maybe he would be a cashier. I know it sounds weird that if Jesus came, he would be doing these things, but it is more likely that those are the type of jobs Jesus would be working at. So don't diminish any type of work that makes any positive difference. It all works together. When Jesus started his ministry, he gave advice on how we should work. He regularly addressed the merchants, the farmers, the shepherds, the business people, and the servants. He addressed the workers. He cared for them, and he still cares about them. 
But let's look at some concepts that are up here that he covered regarding work. Matthew 4.4 says, He answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone. And then it keeps going and says, But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man must not live on bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we work to get money. And we get money usually to get food. But according to this verse, we don't live on food alone. Food is not all we need. We need something more. And according to Jesus, we live on what God has said. So yes, we prioritize work. Work is important because we need food. But there are some things that we prioritize over work. And one of those things is God, and it's also his word. Bread helps us survive, but God's word helps us thrive and actually live instead of just getting by. Live on God's word. Now, if you look at Matthew 21, 12 through 13, we find another scene. It's just a book before Mark. And this scene is a popular scene. Jesus went into the temple and threw out all those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, it is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. Again, we we are seeing that theme of over-prioritizing work. Some people said all we need is food. No, you need God's word. And then within the temple, the place that was set apart for God and worship, they were bringing work into that temple. Sometimes work gets in the way of what is important. There is a place for work, but it's not in the temple. It's not in the times that we're supposed to focus on God, whether you have a quiet time or whether it's church. It shouldn't consume our lives where we can't focus on God anymore and have a place where we could just trust Him and be with Him. It shouldn't consume our family life, we need to balance stuff. We need to be intentional with our time and energy. Don't just work nonstop. Otherwise, you might find yourself like the money changers, working in the temple. You need to have control. You need to put boundaries on work. God is first. Don't let Work blind you. And let's also look at Matthew eleven twenty eight, A very popular verse. We've talked about it a couple times within this church. Jesus says, Come to me, 
all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you don't control your work, you'll be burnt out. And Jesus doesn't want that for you. He wants you to find rest in him. If you don't go to Christ, the one who gives abundant life, you will be weary. You will be tired. You need to come to Christ. You need to find times just to be in the presence of Christ and let him fill your soul with life. He will give you rest. Jesus lived this life working. He was a carpenter. As we said he worked hard for 30 years, either training to be a carpenter or actually working as a carpenter. But he was always, always in control. He was resting. He would find time as a Jew. He, he would observe the Sabbath. He would have an entire day off. He wasn't legalistic about it, but he would rest. He was human, and he, he knew as a human, he needs to rest. So if we follow Christ, we should follow his example. We should go and work and rest. And we should do that as a follower of Christ. In Matthew 28, 19-20, it is a very popular passage. It's the Great Commission. Jesus tells us something that we're also supposed to do in addition to working and resting. This is key for us as followers of Christ. Jesus tells us, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. We are supposed to go and make disciples. So does that mean that within our emails we always put crosses, or in our documents we always say Jesus loves you, Or we quit our jobs and become missionaries? Not necessarily. We don't have to do those things, although if you feel called or led to do that, feel free to go that way. But what it does mean is that we go to work as we're supposed to, and we do the job that we're called to do, that we're doing, and we do it well. We do a great job cleaning, repairing, caring, producing, organizing. Whatever we do, we do it well. But we also recognize that Jesus has called us to make disciples. And we're always aware of this. So if an opportunity arises when you could talk about Jesus, that you could give a witness, if you see this opportunity, talk about him. Don't hide him. As much as you are called to do your job well, you are called to make disciples. They'll see, the people, your co-workers, hopefully can see that you're different. 
that, you li- that you're holy because you do life, you do your job, you do life, you, you do things with this sense of meaning and purpose and joy and peace and you value community and, and you have hope. And people are just going to see, man, this person is different. Go do a good job and go show Christ at your job. And it might feel like you're just working at times, not making disciples. But don't forget about Christ. He worked for three decades. He made chairs and tables for decades. He didn't have any disciples for those three decades. When you're working, just working, Remember, that this is what Christ did. He worked for 30 years just to work. So remember, when you're just working and you, you don't even see, why, why are people not even coming to me? Why is there no disciples? Remember, Christ worked for 30 years. He just worked. And I'm sure he focused on his job and he did what he could to be the best carpenter he could be. And you, as a follower of Christ, follow his steps. Try to be better in what you're currently doing. Grow in what you're doing. And also, be sure that God has called you in that position. Jesus was confident of his calling. He was confident that for 30 years, you know, things will work out as they would work out. And he just worked. And towards the end of his life, he, he could have thought, man, time is ri- running out. But he was confident in the calling that God had over his life. And I encourage you that if you feel called elsewhere, that you analyze and see the steps that you need to take to do what God has called you to do. Jesus, he felt called to be a craftsman, uh, uh, to be a carpenter for 30 years, but he didn't stay there forever. He went to teach and then die in his 30s. A short life, but a meaningful life. I'm not saying you have to go teach and die like Jesus, but get into a relationship with God so that you can find out what he has called you to do. Find yourself in prayer and God's word. Get a sense of God's will. Maybe even ask people around you to help you figure out your gifting. And if you're called to the job you're currently at, embrace it and do it well. And make disciples as you partner with God's Spirit. Let's pray.